Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Tony Darienzo, and alongside me is my brother, Brandon. In this week's episode, with Valentine's Day coming up, we'll be talking about a crazy little thing called love. What is love? Is it more than a feeling? And how do we show love to others? All this and more on Layman's Homily. Welcome to the podcast. As always, we have a packed show for you, so let's get right to it. Brandon, to use the words of Hathaway, what is love? <laughs> love is a dying to self and putting someone, putting another in, in front of you, before you. A classical definition of love is to will the good of another. So it's it's really putting aside yourself to put someone before you, whether this is God or, or other people, and both. So that's what, in a nutshell, I think love is. Yeah, um, yeah. You talk about that dying to self. This like more so like unconditional sort of love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? So I think it can it take many different forms, right? You have the three different types of love. Eros, which is a deep, intimate, romantic love. You have agape, which is selfless love. And then the third, do you remember the third? Uh, philia. It's like a... Philia. Philios. Philia. Brotherly love. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yep. The city of brotherly love. So you have these three different types of love and they can all take different forms. And my goal today in this podcast is to make a case for love that is it we can see love in a different way. I want I want you to be able to see love in a different way than you did before hearing this podcast. So what would be what would be one way one perspective I guess that on love that you know might cause us to see love in a different way. So I would say that we have to make ourselves poor for the sake of love. You know, it when we think of lo- love, we don't the first thing that comes to mind isn't necessarily poverty, but I really think the starting point of love is poverty because it is the impetus and love can only love fills like a wound or a, a gap in our hearts in our lives and so we have to recognize first that we're poor in something in order to to actually love or to receive love if we're already full like if we're already like Jesus fills the hungry you know he can only fill you with love if you're hungry for love Mm-hmm. If you're already full with other things, good things, or things of this world, then you can't receive, you can't have anything fill that gap. And that's said well in the gospel when Jesus tells us, How hard will it be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? 
It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So this, since God is love, to be, to be in internal communion with this love, it starts from that position of poverty. So that's the first perspective. Yeah, and it kind of goes with uh, the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are they who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, exactly. Um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that like emptying of the self of like physical possessions. It's all. It could also be like noise, like filling ourselves with noise right. and distractions. Like that's um, in... At mass today, we were talking. Uh, the priest was talking about um, how, yeah, we the problem with the modern man is that we we fill ourselves with content, mm-hmm. and yet we're not content. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're filling ourselves with these things that are that aren't necessarily bad, but we're not leaving any room for love to enter. Yeah, there's a lot of noise in our society. And it can be hard to avoid. You have to make an active effort to avoid it. Yeah. To make ourselves like silent, like poor in noise, I guess. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a really good point. Alright, so that's so that's one perspective. What was an, another perspective you were thinking about? The other perspective is that love is transformative. It literally changes us. Our Lord teaches us that dying to yourself for the sake of another yields incredible fruit. In John chapter 12, Jesus says to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there shall be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So if we cling to ourselves and what we have, rather than giving of ourselves, St. John Paul II talks a lot about gift of self, then we'll remain a grain of wheat. And love is, love is because of this, love is so hard. Because it's so painful, often it, it doesn't feel fruitful, Just it's just painful. Mm-hmm. And it's so tempting to remain where we are in life rather than to die to ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think of like dryness in prayer mm-hmm. um, when, when hearing this passage. Um, if you're like going through a dry period where you're not necessarily feeling that, that those good vibrations in prayer... Um, and you're 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 tempted to just give up, mm-hmm. but part of part of the relationship is showing up even mm-hmm. th- even in the dry spells. Yeah. And there there is fruit even if we don't. There is fruit being born even if we don't see it. Yeah, and even in in daily life, like there are so many ways, so many invitations to love another, which require. Uh, putting aside of ourselves and kind of that that pain like for for example for me after a a full day of work at the computer on the desk i usually want to walk around or do something active semi-active so going to a restaurant or or something that involves sitting down for another three 
know, two, three, four hours even, just so that I can be in community and maybe meet some new people and really continue building relationships, that, you know, that is a little bit of a death to self to me. It is. I mean, it's not what I want to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. But after those events, I leave so much more fulfilled than if I had just pursued what I wanted in that moment. And I think that's just a testament to those little acts of dying to self that really transform us. Yeah. Um. And it can even be like a spontaneous event, like helping someone on the side of the highway or driving someone to the hospital, things like that, like come up all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, right after work for me, I go straight to mass pretty much. And it's like, I could be doing so many other things. Yeah. Like I could be, you know, playing, playing my guitar or playing video games or Mm -hmm. even, even cooking. Right. Just like, or or taking care of like watching TV, watching TV, taking care of some worldly business. But I know that going to mass is, is the most important thing. Like my relationship with God is, my love showing my love for him by worshiping in the way he's asked us to worship is the most important thing mm-hmm. and i have to set that priority above everything else to sh- to show my love yeah and even if it's you know a dry mass where i don't get don't feel like i get anything out of it it's, it's there's fruit being born there mm-hmm. so you talked about love being transformative and love coming from this place of poverty um is there any? Are there any other perspectives um, that you were thinking about? Yes, another perspective is that love must be all in. There's no, you can't, there's no half efforts when it comes to love. And I want to give an example from the Old Testament to highlight this. It comes from First Kings. It's about Solomon, and Solomon was right, gifted with. Incredible wisdom mm-hmm. from God. Solomon was the son of David, correct? Yes. And here's the passage from Kings. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. It did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Moloch, the abomination of the Ammonites on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods but he did not keep what the Lord commanded therefore the Lord said to Solomon since this has been your mind and you have not kept my covenant and statutes which I have commanded you I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant and this is an example and this came from daily mass this week this is an example of Solomon losing his Losing his like unreserved love for God, mm-hmm. and God's actually angry with him. Yeah, because he's like breaking that relationship by being not wholeheartedly and unreservedly towards towards God. That mm-hmm. showing that unreserved love 
um, which St. Paul actually talks about in his famous uh, first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, you know, that that famous one that you often hear at Catholic weddings, love is patient, love is kind, that one. Um, but before that, St. Paul says, And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, but do not have love, I am nothing. So, right, so Saul, tying on tying to that example, King Solomon, mm-hmm. he's the wisest king that has ever lived. Yeah. With the exception of Jesus, who is the king of kings. Yep. And uh, wisdom from on high. But besides him, Solomon's the wisest king who ever lived. So he's got all this head knowledge. But if he doesn't, but he didn't have it in his heart, that didn't translate to his heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was there in the beginning, but then it faded away. Mm hmm. Um, and so it's important that. You know, having to know that head, having the head knowledge about the faith or things in general is is nothing unless it's interiorized in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's something that I've had to learn um, in my own life. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and Jesus says in Matthew when when asked, "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" And Jesus replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? There's no that's <laughs> there's no compromising with love. It's yeah. It's complete. It has to be one hundred percent. So it's interesting that you know Jesus ties these two statements together. Right, you shall love the Lord your God with your with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's one way we can show our love for God mm-hmm. is by show is by actively loving the people around us. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, in fact, in Luke's gospel, the the same guy who asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment, he asked him who his neighbor is. And Jesus replies with the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. which basically says our neighbor is anybody, mm-hmm. because everybody, like every person on this earth, is created in the image and likeness of God and should be treated as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just I just got back from a mercy mission, which is a mission run by Regnum Christi, which is a church movement, and it's done in many different cities around the United States, but we were here in Atlanta, and we, the purpose of the mission is to go to the homeless in the streets and spread the love of Christ, just to spend time with them, right? Like, a lot of times we just give stuff to people, and then we don't give them our time, we just, like, leave. Really, what we're doing here is loving them as best we can and just hearing their stories talking with them a powerful experience to see this to see how their how love changes them and like brings out their brings out their personalities this this yeah this love that we have in our hearts like should be a call to action that's right yeah love should call us to action 
Exactly. Right? Like, you know, you're ta- what you're talking about, this love that you have in your heart is like calling you to go out and, you know, serve this community, mm-hmm. the, the community that you served at the Mercy Mission. Mm-hmm. Right? And so for me, actually, while, while you um, were doing that, sort of, I mean, I um, helped out at this um, Valentine's dinner and dance event where um, at the Catholic Center at Georgia Tech where the men of the center served the ladies dinner and and danced with them and um, just really trying to show them like that they are loved yeah um, not not necessarily in a romantic way but mm-hmm. just like you know that they are loved by the Heavenly Father and that um, what the things that we were doing were a sign of that mm-hmm. it's that, that serving yeah yeah exactly it's like you know this external reality of loving our neighbor mm-hmm. is pointing to the love that we have for God mm-hmm. um, going back to the um, commandment yeah and Jesus also in the about. commandment the, I believe the first commandment comes from the Shema mm-hmm. right? the Old Testament the Old Testament which that's what the, the the Israelites would pray the Jewish yeah they pray that three times a day yeah three times a day and so and also him bringing the second law is, is like it's it's really his mission is to bring like God's like God's relationship with Israel is now he's opening up to the whole world and he's telling us go this love that I've brought you go and spread this to everyone in the world mm-hmm. not just not ju- you know like everyone becomes his chosen people yeah should they choose to you know respond to the love that he gives mm-hmm. uh, with a free and total yes right yeah because it because you know you can it's a gift love is a gift yeah um and just like any gift like a gift you receive for christmas for instance right you know you can do with it what you want you can you can unwrap it you can use it or you can you know respond to that with mm-hmm. with love in return or you can you know find a way to regift it or something to someone else <laughs> yeah Right, yep. so we like we have that choice. God freely gives us that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, love, love is love is free. Right, yeah. it's a free act. Um, what are some practical ways you know to show to show that love a little bit more? Yeah, so it really it doesn't have to be so grand, and I I think this is part of what I want to do in this episode is show you that love. You know, change your change your mind about kind of the the definition and the practical ways to live it. For example, it's just small acts of love with the other in mind. So going to a lunch with a friend or a coworker during work, mm-hmm. during school, we all need to eat, and just spreading, yeah, just spending time with a friend over lunch. You, that's a great way. It's just to love someone else. Uh, calling a family member and asking how they're doing, just keeping keeping up with your family mm-hmm. and talking with them, listening to others. This is a big one because I I feel like a lot of times we we aren't actually listening mm-hmm. because listening requires putting someone else's thoughts over our thoughts, and that's an act of love. But it's hard because a lot of times when we're listening to people, we you know we're kind of tuning out or. We're not fully engaged with listening, but when we actually do listen, like that's that's an act of love. Yeah, 
Yeah, listening is really hard right, <laughs> in this day and age, especially because our like we're so used to you know fifteen second TikTok videos or whatever or like brief little headlines that our attention spans are really short. Yeah, what's well, the first quality of love that yeah. Saint Paul writes? Yeah, patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, but yeah, so that can that's really hard in this day and age. Um, Speaking of listening to others, one saint who's really good at listening, Pope St. John Paul II. He was a very great listener. Um, and that's, like, his listening to, like, married couples and to, you know, people, other people's experiences mm-hmm. helped form one of his greatest works, which is um, his Theology of the Body. Hmm. Wow. Which, if you haven't heard of it, there's a lot of material out there, and maybe we can talk about it on a later podcast. Um, but yeah, it's really powerful, and it's something that uh, this um, this modern world needs desperately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, needs to hear it. So, yeah, but it all started by just like listening, being open and listening, mm-hmm. like really like. Letting others be seen and heard and acknowledged. And that's like a deep desire on everyone's heart. Like we all desire to be seen, known, loved, acknowledged. Yep. Um, like God put that on our hearts and he ultimately he alone can fulfill that. Yeah. I mean, we can we can do that. We can fulfill it imperfectly, but only God can fulfill it perfectly. Mm-hmm. But like we all need, we all need that human interaction, that human, like we all manifestation. Need, yeah, that human manifestation. Yeah, and so that's you know what we need to do as good Christians and good Catholics, mm-hmm. or just good people in general. Mm-hmm. Like this is not necessarily a Catholic thing. Well, yeah, and it comes from it comes first from right that position of poverty, that receiving. Only through that are we able to. Mm-hmm. To actually like listen and spread it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Our Father, right? Mm-hmm. Give, um, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. It's like receiving that forgiveness, um, being grateful for that. We can, we show that great that gratefulness by and gratitude by forgiving others. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to give a couple more examples of practical ways to live love. Going out of your way to compliment someone. That can actually make a big difference on someone's day. And then I want to introduce this phrase that I really like. Be intimate with reality. So what do I mean by this? Care about everything. Put care into everything you do. That's how we encounter his love. And I want to kind of propose this through the use of John Madden's three rule. He had three rules for his players when he was coach. Number one, be on time. So are you making an active effort just to be on time to your commitments? Number two, pay attention. And that goes a lot with listening. Mm-hmm. Are you actually listening? Number three, play hard when I tell you to. When we're asked to put effort in, do it. Play hard. And we can do this with work. We can do this going to Mass, be on time to Mass, paying attention during Mass, like putting His Word and 
putting God's word before our thoughts and giving him your full undivided attention. Just ask yourself, are you willing to set aside your thoughts to let him love you? Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we all respond to that with a unreserved yes. Um, As we look at, we look at the example of our blessed mother um, when um, the angel Gabriel comes to her and asks her to bear the son of God in her womb. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, an incredible, incredible gift. Yeah. And Mary unreservedly, freely says, let it be done t- for me according to thy word. Yeah. As, you know, as, ha- as that's what happened. Yep. And thank, thank the Lord that for that. And so we should, we should follow her example and the example of our patron, St. Joseph, who also, though he didn't express it verbally, he expressed it just by doing, by being a man of action mm-hmm. yeah. and not even questioning, just doing. Yeah. Like the angels tells him, hey, you got to do this. This is what, this is the word of the Lord. You got to do this. And Joseph's kind of like takes it all in stride and just does it mm-hmm. exactly and so yeah those are two good examples mary and saint joseph of letting setting aside our thoughts to you know let yeah. him love you and to respond to that love mm-hmm. unreservedly and i want to propose one resource that the catholic church gives one prayer that the Catholic Church has called the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I want to propose this as a way to receive Jesus' divine love. So this chaplet is said at 3 p.m. on Friday. So if you can make time to set aside right at 3 p.m. on Friday, it takes 10 minutes to go to a quiet place and pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It's, it's one of the most powerful prayers to connect yourself with the love that he has for us. And one particularly potent image I've been praying with as I say this prayer is, of course, the crucifix is a you know, extremely powerful image of God's love. But also, Jesus, after his scourging and after he's crowned with thorns, sitting, sitting on the ground... Right, waiting for his imminent passion or imminent death, the crucifixion. He's just sitting there thinking about you. So yeah. pray with that image as as you make time to pray. You know, another another image I might think of as well is um the divine image of divine mercy. Yeah. Um where, you know, Jesus has the the rays of red and blue representing mm-hmm. the blood and the water that mm-hmm. flowed from his side. Yeah. Um, and it says, um, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. It's that image of divine mercy. Yeah. Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah. And if you don't, I mean, if you don't have time to make a divine mercy chaplet, just pray those words, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't believe that, if you don't actually believe that, then... Um, well, that's what pr- prayer is, right? Like trying to convince ourselves. Yeah, fake it till you make it. 
like eventually you'll learn you'll like through repetition you'll learn to believe it because um, it it comes with time all these things come with time and practice so um, what would what would be the the key takeaway um, that you that you would want our listeners to have about this topic Brandon just take a chance take a chance on his divine love find ways to receive this love and then from that start implementing those small practical ways to to love and, and, and listen to others and listen to God that's it I mean really it starts from that position of of listening of poverty openness right well that'll wrap up this segment of the podcast the main topic segment now we'll move to the cloud of witnesses segment um, where we'll be talking about um, some of the saints that we celebrate for this week Um, so I'll go ahead and start Um, so tomorrow February 14th aka Valentine's Day we celebrate Saint Valentine who Brandon will bring up in a second but before that um, we also celebrate the feasts of Saint Cyril Methodius um, and they were brothers actually brothers just like <laughs> you and me Brandon that's right so they were brothers and they developed a script that is the foundation for the Cyrillic alphabets used in Eastern Europe. They were missionaries in Eastern Europe and they helped um, convert the Slavic peoples. Um, they translated the, the the liturgy of the mass at the time. Uh, they, they also translated most of the Bible and works of the church fathers into a language called Slavonic, which is still in use by Eastern Catholic churches today. Um, so it's a, hmm. it's a major major feast in Eastern Europe and major feast in Eastern Catholic churches. They were also proclaimed patrons of Europe along with St. Benedict. Hmm. So yeah, I think the, the big takeaway is that yeah, they they really wanted the people, the people that they were ministering to, to be able to experience like God's beauty in their the uh, beauty of the word of God and Dang everything and yeah into their own into the own language of the language of the people wow um like the vernacular that Mm -hmm. was a big thing and you know we we in the in the western roman catholic church we've only had that for since vatican ii in the 1960s Mm -hmm. um before before that it was like the liturgy was all in latin Mm -hmm. so um it's I mean, I, I personally really enjoy receiving, uh, going to mass in, in Latin. But you know, there is a certain uh, blessing of being able to experience the liturgy in your own language. Yeah. It's um, true. Yeah. I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, no. I like, I like that they're expressing. You said they're expressing the beauty of God through through like their language, through that that word. Yeah, and I also like the fact that they were brothers. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, brotherhood. Yeah, it just shows that the importance really of cool. brotherhood. Like, like they did pretty much. Like they did pretty much their whole ministry together. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, it's it's really really important. Um, another reminder that we can't do this alone. Correct. That's 100% true. Now, we'll get into the other feast that isn't actually celebrated in the Roman Church on mm-hmm. in our current calendar, but in the calendar prior to Vatican II, um, we celebrated, we would have celebrated the feast of St. Valentine. Valentine, yes. Which is why you know, February 14th is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yes. So, Brandon, you have some stuff about St. Valentine. Yes, so St. Valentine was a Catholic priest or bishop, wasn't quite known for certain, in 3rd century B.C. No, excuse me. <laughs> in 3rd century A.D. in Italy. So he was... A priest under the short reign during the short reign of Emperor Claudius. At this time, Rome was very immoral, and Saint Valentine fought to defend the sacrament of matrimony. Claudius, Emperor Claudius, actually made marriage illegal, so that soldiers would have to go to war because if they were married, they could make the excuse that they needed to stay home, and they wouldn't. They would be able to get off of not going to war. Yeah, that's really interesting, you know, when you're talking about that, because, you know, just like like today, um, there's an attack on the family, like, yeah. you know, society is like, all right, you know, you shouldn't, you, sh- you shouldn't really get married, women, you should be in the workplace, um, and marriage is just an excuse to stay home, so, and raise a kid, so, no, you gotta, you gotta, women, you gotta work in the widget factory, too, just like you men, you gotta produce, produce, produce. I mean, there's an attack on fatherhood as well. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, But it's interesting that, you know, societies haven't changed too much. Unfortunately, marriage is still legal. Yes. So (laughs) so during this time, St. Valentine married couples in secret. And eventually he was arrested. So legend has it that while in jail, he was preaching the gospel to the jailer. The jailer wanted proof that the gospel was true. So the jailer brought his daughter, who was blind, to St. Valentine. And St. Valentine laid his hands upon the girl and healed her. Wow. Nevertheless, St. Valentine was beheaded on February 14th. And, again, with this legend, it was said that he left a note for the girl before his execution that he signed... Your Valentine. There we go. And some say that's the starting point for the tradition we hold. Yeah. In writing letters. Definitely become uh, a lot more uh, secularized mm-hmm. since then and romanticized, I guess. Mm-hmm. When Chocolate. Re- when really it's, you know, it's more so about like this not even romantic love. Mm-hmm. Like we've, like our culture has like romanticized it. But it's not even really about romantic love. It's more about like feel, feel, I would say even I would say filial love at, at the very least, um, if not agape. Just um, Saint Valentine saying like you know, you know I love you not romantically, but like in a way that is worthy of your um, being a daughter of the the father. All right. Well, thank you, thank you for that um, insight into. Um, the roots of this this secular holiday that we celebrate, or well, holiday that has become secularized. But thank you for it's a Catholic 
origin. Yeah, showing the Catholic, us the Catholic origin Catholic, story. Yeah, the Catholic origins of Valentine's Day. Yes, and you know, also, you know, we got to learn a little bit about um, some other saints um, whom we celebrate on February, February 14th. Yep. Um, so now, um, moving on to the lyrical lift segment, um, we got a we got a doozy for you today. It is never going to give you up by Rick Astley. <laughs> yes, we 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 love we love it. It's a great you song. You love it. <laughs> it's it's low key amazing. Um, I know it's a meme nowadays, but. It actually has a really good message. Hmm, what right? is that message? So the chorus, as you probably know, is never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around and desert you, never going to make you cry, never going to say goodbye, never going to tell a lie and hurt you. And just like last week, we were talking about Carry On My Wayward Son and how God the Father, like you can imagine God the Father singing that that chorus to you like i can imagine god the father singing this singing this chorus to to me as well um right because god doesn't give up god god never fails to meet his promises god never breaks a promise um he's not gonna lie he is truth itself um the only the only one problem he might make you cry but it wouldn't be like it might even be tears of sadness, but yeah, but not for breaking breaking your heart um, in like a way that's gonna turn us away from him. Yeah, um, our hearts might need to might our hearts might actually need to be broken to to find him. Again, that yeah, but he's never he's not gonna say goodbye. He's gonna keep pursuing us. Um, he's not gonna desert us. It's ultimately us that that hurt him we're going to we're going to be the ones that give him up not not him mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be the ones that might let him down but yet he still loves us even if we let him down so he he will always be well pleased with us even if we let him down but he's not going to let us down ever nope or desert us yeah so again great great song and it has a it has a secretly good message in there. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts? Yeah, and also, you know, love. It's not always. It can look ugly. You know, it can look pretty messy. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not fruitful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so that ends the episode for this week. A few final things before we wrap up. First, if you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. This will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Second, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have, a quest- if you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode or previous episodes or anything in general, please Send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. Finally, please pray for us and know that we are praying for you 
through the intercession of the patron of this podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been the Layman's Homily.